morning, church. So good to be here with you. It's a joy and a privilege to be here with Pedro and Jodai and Cohen on this beautiful and memorable day. Let's leave it at that. But also to be here to share the Word of God. I've been tracking with your summer series from the beginning since Pastor Ruben presented um, uh, some weeks ago. And I've been listening to all the messages on summer fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And they, the, this series has really blessed my life. I don't know about you. What are you thinking? Has blessed your life? Yes. yes it's been a great, a great um, series. And I'll probably repeat some of the things that they have said. But, I mean, repetition is good for learning. Right? Repetition is good for learning and for changing. When we're changing mindsets, when we're changing art sets, this is very important to have repetition and to share some ideas. So I'm going to start by sharing some ideas about the fruit, about fruit in general, <laughs> about the fruit of the Spirit, and then we'll go into today's topic. We're almost, almost at the end, okay? Today we're talking about gentleness. So, by now we all know that the fruit of the Spirit is singular, right? Not plural. They've all repeated this, and I'm going to repeat it again. So, it's different facets of the character of God being produced in us by the diligent work of the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the comforter, the advocate. The character of God is being formed in us since the day we said yes to Jesus, since the day we were born again. So, when we went when we believed in our hearts, when we confessed with our mouths that Jesus is our Savior and Lord of our lives, this character of God is being formed in us. And this character shows up in many different ways, through the way we speak, through the way we, we think, the way we relate to others, our attitudes, our behaviors, our choices, and our decisions. And can be as diverse as the list we find in Galatians, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So by now everybody knows, right? Let's say it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, let me ask you, how is this process going for you? Okay? Are you looking more like Jesus now than at the beginning of the series? Do you see any fruit on your tree? Another aspect I would like to point out today is that in spite of being one fruit, it has different aspects, right? So, I believe... Okay, let me just take you into a, I don't know, whatever, I don't even know agriculture, maybe not the category of what I'm going to say now. But, you know, there are different seasons of our lives where the Holy Spirit, the master gardener, is going to prune, is going to take care of our character in different aspects and specific ways. So let me just illustrate this. It's very difficult for us nowadays to think about this concept because you go into a supermarket and you see fruits 
from all over the world, right? I go to Oshan for my shopping and I see fruit from South America, from Asia, from Portugal, and I can almost buy any fruit anytime that I want. But fruit is very specific to the place, the climate, the conditions of the soil, and very seasonable. We don't think about it today because globalization have made it in a way that in Portugal I can eat strawberries in winter and tangerines in summer. But really, fruits have season and vegetables have season. And the nutritionists, the experts, says we should eat vegetables and fruits during their season because that's where the nutrients, that's much more healthier than uh, uh, eating all the time. But the reality is that I'm going to tell you that my favorite fruits are lychees, which are not grown in Portugal. Okay, they're from the from the east, from China. From you can get them in India, right? You can get them in Africa. In South Africa, I used to buy boxes of lychees, put them on my lap, and just go for it. Okay, so lychees, I don't have it here. But other my favorite fruits are cherries which are grown in the north of Portugal, near Serra da Estrela, in Fundão, and then figs, which are from the south of Portugal in the Algarve, right? When we go to the Algarve, we just find the fig tree and we just go and, and grab it. And, uh, but these specific two, cherries and figs, are very seasonal, seasonal fruits, and they have very short seasons. Okay, if you don't eat cherries in May and June, you don't eat them anymore. Okay, they're gone. And figs in summer. So the other day, uh, I was uh, thinking about figs. And I get a, actually, as I was preparing, I was sitting down to prepare this message, to write it. And two friends called me on the phone and said, Marta, are you at home? Yes, I'm at home. Can we go buy and drop you figs? I'm like, yes, bring them on. I arrive outside of my gate, and she hands me this uh, bag of uh, figs, and I look at the kids, and they're stuffing their mouth literally with the fig. You know, they, they're enjoying the delicious and sweet fruit. Because that same morning, I had said to Eddie, Eddie, tomorrow I'm going to walk to the office, pass by the market in Cascais, and go look for figs, because I haven't, I haven't tried them this year. And that same morning, we went to the beach with our eldest daughter. And Renee said, Mom, you know, you know what I've brought for you? And she handed me a box of figs. So this is heaven for me. Okay? But it only happens now in summer. Um, God knew the desire of my heart and the desire of my belly. Okay? So that day was I was having a feast. But the day... Uh, figs are fruits that, uh, and Pedro is from the Algarve, so he knows, uh, they are sweetened by hot temperature and by sunshine. And so uh, they grow in that season. Um, and our lives, I really believe that God shapes our lives in different ways, in different seasons. Okay, let me say that, for example, if you have a certain person in your life at this moment that pushes all your triggers, 
maybe God is developing in you some kind of kindness or self-control. If you are passing through a season of trauma in your life or sickness, maybe God will develop joy and peace in your life. So although the fruit of the Spirit is one, the carrot of God is one, sometimes He will specifically um, work in us in different seasons of our life. And as we continue to focus today on how we are looking more and more like God through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, I would finish this part of the message with a family story. So it was so cool as we sat at the table of breakfast, these two young men, I don't know where, where they are, but uh, he, Daniel said to, Daniel, right? He said to me, oh, I know your face. There he is. I know your face. I'm like, uh, you, you don't, you, I think I know you. I said, yeah, you know my daughter. Okay? So Gabby and I are very alike, and it's very funny when you go into a place and people say, I know, I know, I know somebody, I know, it's like this thing. There's two of us, but I'm the original, okay? <laughs> okay, so she resembles me uh, physically. A lot of people are confused, but uh, there's two of us. Yeah, there's two of us. But our oldest daughter, Renee, she looks a lot like Eddie. But not only physically outside. The, some years ago, they did a DNA test and it was hilarious because 90% of them are identical. They are identical, okay? So they're identical outside and inside. And then we have a third daughter, Teur, who's not biological daughter. She's our adopted daughter. And people say, oh, Teur, at different times, you look so much like your dad. And uh, you have some personality traits like your mom. And then the best was one day at uh, preschool, one of the teachers said to Teur, oh, your son Samuel, he looks just like Grandpa Eddie. And we're like, yeah, okay. Got that. <laughs> so I'm going to leave you some questions for you to think about as I go into gentleness. How much do you resemble God when people meet you for the first time? And if you have, if we had a spiritual DNA test here today, how close to the Heavenly Father would you be? Or how can you look like God as an adopted child that was born again of the Spirit? Our goal here as children of God is that we look more and more like Him inside and out. And that His character is being formed in us for, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of those that come in contact and relationship with us. So now with this background, I want to go to the aspect of the character of God forming in us that we have for today, and that is gentleness. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, gentleness is the quality of being calm, kind, or soft. The quality of not being violent, severe, or strong. And the word Paul uses for gentleness in Galatians 5 is the word proutis. The Greek word proutis, which is the same word that is used in Matthew 5 when Jesus is giving the 
the Sermon on the Mount, and it talks about the ones that will inherit the earth, will be meek or gentle. Okay? So this uh, idea of gentleness goes with the, in other translations, has the word meekness. But the problem is that nowadays in our world, meekness has the stigma of weakness. Okay? So as we think about that, we have to think that for God, meekness or gentleness is, doesn't have anything to do with weakness, but it's something that is imparted or given to the saints from God, and it is actually the fruit of power. So I want you to think about gentleness as the fruit of power, of strength. Strong's Greek Concordance says that the word refers to exercising God's strength under his control. So it's demonstrating power without harshness. It is not relinquishing strength, but on the contrary, the spirit is so powerful, the spirit of God that lives in us, and we are given access to that power, but gentleness and meekness and proudness is recognizing that we are not the source of power. We are the instruments of that power. And as instruments, we are under God's control. We are gentle and we are not given to anger. We not feel the need for revenge. And if you see a person that is prideful, Proudful probably is not gentle because they are opposites because gentleness has to do with humility as well. So to be gentle, it requires humility, sacrifice, patience, and compassion. And let me tell you, this is difficult even in our best days. So now it's 11.41 and I've already failed on this, Okay. So even on our best days, you know, if you try to be gentle, you try not to be harsh, you know, try not to criticize, it's difficult. But do you identify with this? It's to choose courtesy instead of self-promotion. To choose respect instead of judgment. To choose a quiet spirit instead of an avalanche of criticism. To choose to restrain out our authority and our power and serve others in humility. Let me tell you, for me and for you, the only way we can do this is to allow the Spirit of God to form Jesus in us, to walk in step with the Spirit and to imitate Jesus. There's no other way. We can read of God's gentleness, and I encourage to do that. Go through the Word of God and find the word gentle or gentleness. It's an amazing study. So now I'm just going to give you some verses where you see that our God, the Creator God, the all-powerful God, is a gentle God. It starts in Isaiah 40, 10 and 11. Yes, the Sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. So this first part of the verse talks about power. Now let's look at gentleness. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Isn't that a beautiful picture of our God? 
We see how God spoke and showed up in powerful ways throughout the Bible and through thunder and fire and everything. And then it says in 1 Kings 19, And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So God didn't speak to him in fire, in thunder. He spoke through a gentle whisper. So my friends, if God the Father can compassionately speak and deal with us, there are rebels, there are failed people. If he can be like that gentle and carefully, even when we are rebellious, can't we do the same with ourselves and with others? Our words, for example, they are a great test to see if our compassion and gentleness is um, centered in the Holy Spirit. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 15.1 So there's power in our words, but a respectful and gentle way of speaking diffuses tension. And this principle should be applied to all our interactions, all our relationships, even when we are sharing the truth of the gospel. And this is a very interesting verse. It says, And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. First Peter 3. Unfortunately, we see and hear a lot of Christians nowadays that get into arguments, heated arguments about the faith, both with unbelievers and believers alike. And there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of disrespect and unkind speech. But that's not the will of God. The Word of God tells us in 2 Timothy 2.25, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. So even people that oppose your way of thinking, you must gently Teach them, instruct them in the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. So when we prioritize gentleness in our relationships, for example, as parents and children, as husbands and wives, as members of the same church, brothers and sisters, leaders, pastors and members, when we prioritize uh, gentleness, I'm... We will always reap trust and respect. Ephesians 4.2 tells of a good principle to follow in families and churches. The other day, Gabby said that uh, airports and traveling, that's where the fruit of the Spirit really comes out. I would say families and traffic, especially in Portugal. Families, that's where the fruit of the Spirit comes out, but... Uh, Paul says in Ephesians, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Here we can see the different character traits, right? We said it's one. Here we can see patience, love, and gentleness all together. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you will live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you will also may be tempted. Galatians 6, 1. 
So today we have separated Pedro and Day for the office of pastors. As leaders, they will need this inner grace. They will need gentleness to, to execute their calling. Hebrews 5.2 says, talking about the old priests, Old Testament high priests, it says, He is able to deal gently with the spiritual, ignorant, and misguided, since he is also subject to human weakness. I thought this is so beautiful. The high priest was like the top leader with the king and the prophet in Israel. But still he had to be gentle. Because he had to uh, think about other people's weakness. And most of all, when he was serving, he had to think about his own weaknesses. So Pedro and Jodai, I hope you're always conscious of your own weakness as you need God to forgive your sins as you forgive others. Pastors, leaders, and really all of us here present, we need to keep this principle at the for for forefront of our calling. Yes, we are aiming for purity, for holiness, for righteous living. We need to be gentle towards others at the same time. When they fall from God's standards... Because we also fall and we also mess up and we are subject to the same temptations and weaknesses. So this does not mean that we are not going for high standards of justice and right and wrong. No, we are. But gentleness can be accompanied to, with, uh, with this um, war against evil. And you know where the war starts? In our own hearts. Before we are going to serve others. We need to see our own hearts. So the, the servant leader, the pastor, the high priest is a repentant sinner that recognizes his state and then he can also forgive others. Because the only one that didn't sin, the only one that didn't fall short of the plan of God was Jesus, the Son of God. And let me tell you, if you read the Gospels, you're going to see that Jesus dealt with people with gentleness, even without being a sinner or a failure. He could have been harsh with people, right? He was the Son of God. He could have been um, lose his patience with people as they sin, but that's not what, what Jesus showed us. In John chapter 8, you know this passage very well, when the scribes and the Pharisees brought this adulterous woman to Jesus and said, this woman was caught in adultery, there should be punishment. And there was. The law given by God said that that woman would be dead. So Jesus could have, um, could have uh, acted on the law. But I love Jesus because of that. Because he always... Messes up our ideas by being merciful, by being gentle. And so we read in John 8, 7 to 11, Let the one among you who is guiltless be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down and continued writing on the ground. And when they heard this, they went away one by one, hanging, uh, beginning with the elders, until the last one had gone and Jesus was left Alone with the woman. Who remained in the middle. 
Jesus again straightened up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she replied. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go away, and from this moment sin no more. So the truth was there, but was said and done with gentleness, with respect, with forgiveness. So all these examples of gentleness I have given you today, and they are all over the world. You can read the whole Bible and find them. And uh, they are expressions of the work of the Spirit of God in us. When we are born again, we receive a new nature. And every day that we decide to follow Jesus, we are growing to become more like Him. In our natural birth, that happens too. We are babies, then we become children, then teenagers, then young adults, and then adults. We develop our bodies, we develop our souls and our minds. And as new creations, we also go through this development from the inside out. So gentleness is the inner virtue that the Holy Spirit forms in us. But I want to tell you that gentleness is also something that you pursue intentionally outside of you. Something that you put on. So it's an inner virtue, but it's something that you put on as well intentionally. And where do I find this? I find this in Matthew 11. The words of Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So let me give you some context to this verse. In the times of Jesus, one could simply identify the followers of a certain rabbi by listening to the words he would say, the way they spoke, the model of ministry they they followed, and the teachings they were passing on to other people. In the first century, culture uh, was very different from us. And in, especially in the Middle East, it's a we culture versus the 21st century here in Europe where it's a me culture. But it was a culture of discipleship. And so this means that disciples would attach themselves, they would choose a rabbi, or actually they were chosen by a rabbi, and they would attach themselves to that rabbi, and the rabbi would pour on them the interpretation and the application of the Torah, and they would follow that. So this idea of sitting at the feet of the rabbi was something that came from that culture. Remember when Paul said in Acts 22, he said that he had been instructed, he had been educated at the feet of Gamaliel. Okay? That means that he had followed that rabbi. So when Jesus comes to this verse and he said that I'm putting on you this yoke, the yoke is the compilation of the way, of the teachings, of the words of Jesus as the master, as the rabbi. And here he's explaining why we should embrace this way of life, a take upon upon us is yoke. As our Lord and master, Jesus is not harsh is not overbearing or oppressive, but gentle 
in his government. Can you think about that? Jesus, the Son of God, God himself is not harsh in his government, in his dealing with people. His laws and his teachings are also reasonable to obey. Neither he nor they enslave us. He emphasizes the gentle aspect of meekness towards others. Because God governs in gentleness, his children must also. Another question for you. Is it clear to all that you come in contact with that your discipler, your rabbi, is Jesus? So we not only receive this instruction to put on gentleness from Jesus, but also from the Apostle Paul. Gentleness is something we put on, a yoke we intentionally take upon us. And we read this in various letters of Paul, but I want to read you one of my favorite verses, Colossians 3.12. And it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So there's no doubt from this verse that we have been chosen to be God's children and that God has loved us so much that as disciples of Jesus, we are expected to be holy, to be set apart from the world for God. But then it's also very clear that we must clothe ourselves, we must put on these godly characteristics. And one of those traits we should put on is gentleness. We need that. I don't know about you. Is there anything that you will not leave your house without? Phone. Okay. Some people do not leave the house without a jacket, without a, a key. So that's a good idea. An umbrella. Okay. A wallet. That's also a good idea. Okay. I will not leave my house without earrings. If I, if I'm Going to the car, and I realize I don't have earrings, I go back in the house. But I'm going to tell you, do not leave your house without gentleness. Do not leave your house without putting on yourself the character of Jesus. We need to put on ourselves that. Um, and I want to give you a, um, an idea of this. Let me illustrate with Pedro Andrade. Can you come here, Pedro Andrade? I'm going to give you a present. Presents are good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's yours, the blue. And that's today's. Okay? And I want you to open that and to... You can put it on. Sorry, today. <laughs> it's so hot. And it's like, you, you, know, you can't lead worship with that thing on. But <laughs> I just want you for the sake of illustration, I want you to put that on. Okay, like, just like a shirt, just like a, a hoodie that they are putting on. Today, Pedro and Jode are putting on Christ in a deeper and more important way. And I want you to remember this, this illustration that God will that you will not only let the gentleness of God be formed in you, but every day as you minister to his people, like you said, bought with the blood of Jesus, that you deal with them 
with gentleness because that's how Jesus deals with you. That's how Jesus deals with you. So put on the character of Jesus. And church, put on the character of Jesus. Remember, do not leave your house without the, this, this trait of God, gentleness. Amen? Thank you so much. You can take it off. <laughs> so as I conclude today, I hope it's clear to you that the Holy Spirit wants to form in you and what you should be putting on as followers of Christ. Just very briefly, I want to say gentleness means you be considerate to others' feelings and needs. Show empathy. Acknowledge other person's point of view so you can understand their feelings. Be patient. Remember the golden rule? Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. When you are gentle, you speak respectful to everyone. Consider others as important and watch the tone you speak. Seek peace, search for solutions, and search for common ground. Be calm, be a calm presence. Act with tenderness and love. Listen more than, we, than you speak. Be humble as you serve and care for others. We are in this partnership with God, right? He's the one forming in us his character, but we also go intentionally after these traits. I want to be a fruitful tree that brings life, that brings shade, that brings nourishment to everyone around me. And the only way, the only way to do this and to practice this is what is written in their shirt. Okay, Pedro, you can show it without putting it on. What does it say? This is the Riverside Cascais uh, theme of the year. John 15. That's the only way we are going to do this is if we remain in Christ. And it says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I encourage you, read John 15. That's the way we are able to have the character of Jesus formed in us. And as the band comes back again, we are going to worship God. For the fruit of the Spirit will be formed in us. We need to abide this um, important word. Abide means remain, to dwell in Jesus. We need to spend time with Him. We need to be close to Him. We need to listen to His teachings. We need to obey we need to clothe ourselves with Christ. We need to clothe ourselves with Christ. And as I was finishing all the preparation for the message, as I was finishing listening to all the messages on this series, there was this overwhelming sense of Jesus. I am in love with you more and more Jesus is so attractive Jesus is gentle he's patient he's kind, he's merciful how can you not be in love with Jesus so I want to encourage you just worship him, abide in him as you abide you are going to find Jesus in a new way 
if you if you are just starting to follow him or if you followed him for many years like I have oh it's so amazing to fall in love with Jesus every day because he's beautiful beyond description he's wonderful there's no one like him we just sang in the beginning no one like him and his gentleness is one of the most beautiful characteristics because he's merciful although he can punish us although our sins and our failures are punishable he did not choose to do that he's merciful and he says daughter son where are those who condemn you I don't condemn you but I say go and sin no more amen so let's stand and let me pray for you father God how beautiful you are how gentle you are I just want to thank you for today. I want to say, God, I, I don't deserve so much gentleness, so much mercy, so much forgiveness, but you are amazing. And I make a commitment, Lord, to abide in you, to stay in you, and to allow the Holy Spirit of God just to come and form in me the character of God. I want to look like you. I want to speak like you. I want to act like you, Jesus. Here's my prayer of consecration today. Just Spirit of God, come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on our altar today. Father God, have our undivided hearts. Jesus, we surrender. We surrender so we can be more like you. Receive our worship right now, Jesus.